Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hang on to your balls. It's time for the Horror Hangout Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Hangout Podcast, where two bearded film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever and then talk about them. My name is Luke Condor with a K, and I'm joined by Mr... Mr. Ben Arrington. How's it going, man? <clears throat> good, it's good. good uh, whatever you say... Good weekend? Whatever you s- <laughs> yeah, it's been lovely. Whatever you say... Uh... Condor with a K. Yeah. I imagine like a really posh, um, wow, yeah. upper class, double barreled name. Condor, Condor with, a, with a K. Oh, Condor with a K. Yeah. <laughs> <I like it. laughs> Hello, I'm Condor with Mr. Condor with a K. Oh, here he comes. Yeah, and they'd be like, so that's K O N. No, C O N D O R with a K. <laughs> <laughs> Just to yeah. confuse matters even more. Yeah, I'm good, yeah. man. I had a devil a year. Yeah, too bad. So it's basically uh, Halloween weekend because Halloween lands on a Tuesday, which is when it's this Hall- it's episode Hall- it's Halloween goes weekend. But when yeah. you're if you're listening to or watching this episode, it is yeah. Halloween right now, first of October. Bang, bang. But uh, <laughs> what have you? What did you, did you get to do anything special last night? Yesterday, being the Saturday night of the Halloween weekend. Do you know what? No, I didn't. Um, right. I didn't do all, all that right. much at all. Um, I accompanied my daughter to. Um, she had a couple of Halloween get-togethers. She went to one in the daytime, one in the evening. She, I mean, she got a better social life than me. She what was did, living did it you, up. Did you dress up? I didn't dress up. No, because yeah. I say I say I accompanied her. I accompanied her, and then I was I had to be gone because oh, okay. <laughs> because that was it. I wasn't needed. You know what I mean? It's like I'm yeah. at this party. I'm with my Extraneous. friends. Extraneous. Yeah. I've got a tiny little pony in my hand. I just realised that. That's weird. Uh, I am in my daughter's yeah. bedroom right now, and there's a lot of you know paraphernalia, yeah. ponies. If you're right. watching a video feed, we, we Ben's in the pink room. We just had to sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in case it looks like I'm just in a random child's bedroom. I've yeah. broken into a house uh, and <laughs> commandeered yeah, better here. Yeah. a bedroom uh, yeah. just for that, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So I didn't do anything. I haven't dressed up this week. It's the first... I haven't done it in a couple of years, actually. Dressed up and gone to a party. What about, what about you? Did you do anything no, spooky? I, I don't dress up, really. I did, um, I did it at uni. So what did I do yesterday? So I was gonna go to that thing in Derby, the dead and breakfast thing, but it's a bit, it's a bit expensive and a bit, I'm a bit scared. Uh, yeah. 
So I, I thought, okay. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, because that, that was like uh, five horror movies overnight. You stay up all night and then you have like a breakfast thing in the morning. And I was like, okay, I'll do, I'll do something like that on my own in my house. I was asleep oh, at 10 yeah. o'clock. <laughs> That's completely, yeah. <laughs> well, like we say, so what we do? So we, we carved some pumpkins. Um, I've never carved a pumpkin before. I think I maybe did it once as a kid. My The face of my pumpkin looks like, you know, when like a, a five-year-old kid first tries to draw a face. Like my pumpkin yep. face looks exactly like that. Like it should be on a fridge or something. Like the <laughs> the eyes are kind of like wonky. It's got like ears. I like it. Yeah. To be fair though, carving a pumpkin is so is incredibly difficult. And I think anyone who ever mm. carves a, a good looking pumpkin, I tip my hat it's a to damn them because I think looking pumpkin. Yeah. It's difficult. Like you have got to get all the gunk out. All the gunk's kind of all stuck in there, and then oh. you've got to like carve with like with a knife. If you've got a shit knife. Yeah. Like it's, it's a difficult scenario. You need the tools. I just find it. I find yeah. it. I get a little bit. Wor- and if you have got a sharp knife, I constantly think I'm gonna die. I'm gonna slice my wrist or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and everyone will be laughing, going, "Oh, it's a Halloween yeah. prank." <laughs> but, then, but then I'll just slowly, ah, quietly now pass he's away. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> now he's dead. What a great prank. Yeah, and all like that when you're ripping the guts out of the middle of it, it's it feels super weird. It feels very fleshy. It's, it's they call it pumpkin it make... flesh, don't they? It's not called pumpkin. Uh. Pumpkin. Um, Fruit, whatever you call it. Pumpkin, pumpkin innards. Innards. I don't, I, I don't want to. I don't want to eat pumpkin in any way after after carving one. After I know what goes on in there, I never. <laughs> I never want to eat any. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so then we watched uh, a couple of episodes of Stranger Things, the new season, which has been really, really good. We're about halfway through now, and it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, um, I've seen about four episodes, I believe. So almost um, halfway. Through. I think we. I think we've seen five now. But uh, all right. Yeah, ha- it's uh so i watched the first episode and i'm constantly amazed at like how well they pull off the 80s thing without it seeming like a pastiche yeah like it just seems so authentic yeah yeah all the little details like a like like uh sorry this is probably a spoiler but there's a head and shoulder head and shoulders bottle of shampoo at one point major spoiler that is (laughs) it's not a key plot point this bottle of shampoo but yeah, they've recreated that. I was like, God, I, that's an eighties label. That is. I mean, they've really taken the time. Yeah. To... I was I was a bit worried that CNT was gonna be a bit of a a wet fart, but uh, it's not <laughs> been good. <laughs> it's been a dry one. It's been a bit of dry uh, one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was weird because I started watching this series and I like I completely forgot. I I had completely forgot because since the first series, it's become such a mainstay of like pop culture. Yeah. Like think about life before Stranger Things. It's weird. Like I remember seeing the trailer for the original series and thinking, "That looks quite cool." And now it's like, like it's everywhere, and everyone loves it, and everything's related. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like one of those things, like the nostalgia for the eighties. <coughs> Excuse me, <laughs> got a bit choked up there. The nostalgia <laughs> for the eighties is was always felt like one of those things that was like a bit of a niche. That like, oh yeah, we like all this, all these yeah. little bits, simps. all the simp wave, all these <laughs> simps, and oh yeah, I enjoy that. Yeah. But now it's such a, it's such a sort yeah. of mainstream thing. Not, I'm not one of those people who thinks, oh, no, I, I liked it before everyone else. <laughs> it's not one of those, yeah. but it just feels a bit like go, coming back to it in the second series. It felt a lot magic, a lot more magical than the first series. The second series, changed that the, um... was like a huge deal, didn't it? Have they changed the aesthetic a little bit in the second season? I think I, so, yeah. Or are we just more used to it? Because I remember when I watched the first season, I was like, wow, it looks so 80s. Like the, the camera filter, whatever they use on it, looks 80s. But now I'm watching it and thinking, it looks normal. Does that mean that 
everyone I've seen that filtered, that's stuff too much now to, for it to be special. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know how much of a filter was on the first series. I think now it now it just feels a lot. I don't know. Do you reckon they got? Do you reckon it's a higher budget as well? Maybe. Hey, you know what I'm going to say right now. I've not seen all of this season, but I'm going to say Stranger Things is better than it. It does what it does. It did, but better. <laughs> okay. You know, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It kind of it, yeah. I, I I can I can understand that. But I'll I'll reserve my opinion until I've watched the yeah. entirety of the second series and yeah. see if I'll see how I feel. Because right now I'm, I think the jury's out. Like I'm enjoying it. I mean. Mm. But so far, I mean, I'm only four episodes in, but so far, not in a bad way, but a tad predictable. There's a couple of things that have kind of happened, and I've kind of, not like I was going, hey, this is going to happen, guys. Um, yeah. But like a couple of things that have happened, and I've kind of gone, oh, I bet that's related to this. And then it is. And then, yeah. oh, I bet that's this. And then it is. Like, not saying that's because I've powers of deduction, but I just think it is quite, currently, it's quite easy to to sort of see the way it's going to pan out. But then I'll, I'll reserve that until the end of the series, and I'm sure I'll be, sh- okay. sh- sh- sure I'll be shocked. Well, just so the last episode that I watched uh, ended pretty, like, whoa. Like, that's... Uh, I was I was nervous. It was tense. I didn't know if this person was going to die or not. It was it was bad. It was tense. But um, I'll leave that right with you. Yeah. Uh, and then we watched The uh, Night Before Christmas... Uh, I'm not too sure if that's a Christmas film or a Halloween film, but I fell asleep pretty quickly. <laughs> you fell asleep during the big musical numbers. Well, I sang, Luke Condor I dozed sang, off. I sang all the way up to what's this? What's this? And I just sort what's of dozed this? off. It's my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> so comfy. <laughs> okay. They, you can make a good Jack Skellington if you uh, if you applied yourself to it on a Halloween. Paint your dread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll. Yeah, maybe I should do that. Yeah, I'm not quite uh, gangly enough. Maybe I'll have to get some like hold some like longer arms and. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Stand on stilts and hold some longer arms. That'd be yeah. great. Everyone will love you at whatever part you yeah. go to. We're, we're a gangly we're, long man. We were thinking of dressing uh, Alaska up in a put like a little red nose on her, like a quilt, and make it look like the dog in it. Zero. I think. It'd be oh yeah. Quite easy. That'd be good and a quilt. Yeah. That could okay. be cool. So uh, today's episode isn't your standard episode. This is a Halloween special. Normally we talk about a specific film and we deep dive and we spoil the hell out of it. Today we're talking about 10 horror moments that will stay with us forever. This is, I think this is your idea, Ben. So yeah, kind of. I think so. It's an amalgamation yeah. between the two of us. Um, trying to think of, I was trying to think of um, like doing a horror list that like I haven't seen before. I mean, it is kind of like a standard horror list, but something that was a little bit different to... You know, top ten gruesome monsters, top ten something else. Plus, top it couldn't ha- be like top ten Halloween films because a lot of them are just going to appear in this list. Yeah, exactly. We'd be like, we'd be either retreading old ground, or we'd be, or we'd be talking about films that you know we haven't even talked on talked about on the list, which is going to be mental. So yeah, we're yeah, doing yeah. ten horror moments that will stick with us forever. Ten well, horror, horror five memories, each. five each, right? That's correct. Okay. So uh, I guess not ten, not ten each. That'll be that'll be overkill. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So I'll go first then. So my first horror moment that will stay with me forever is the first horror movie I ever rented, and I shouldn't have been allowed to rent it. I'm pretty sure it was an eighteen. Um, it was from. Did Impact you get away Video. with that? I don't know. I would have worked with my sister. She's two years older, so maybe she looked a bit old. I don't know. 
Uh, maybe he added their ages together and was like, yeah, this year, fine. <laughs> That's how it works, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he's 12 and he, I mean, she's 12 and he's six. And yeah. I remember me, me and my sister, Keith, we went to the Impact video and then I think we'd seen all of the, the standard stuff. Gremlins, I think I'd seen so many times. Like, they were like, you can't have that anymore. <laughs> like, you've had your <laughs> fill. Uh, and then we remember, I remember, like, we looked at the uh, the box art, Come the candy, candy man, and then we, like, looked at each other and, like, said, Shall, shall we get Candyman? Shall we do it? And it was uh, it was an agreement. It was like a, a pact. We were like, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do it. We're gonna watch a full on horror movie. Uh, rented it. The, we were nervous when the guy gave us the horror movie to watch, and then uh, we took it home, watched it in the middle of daylight, and watched. You watched in the middle. Of, you watched it in the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. I don't. If if I watched that at night, I don't think I would be here today. I don't know where I'd be. Uh, dead for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he definitely uh, would be dead. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way. But uh, yeah, so we watched it, and it's um. So when did you watch Candyman? Have you seen it? I'm sure you. Yeah, I've seen Candyman, but I don't think I saw it when I was young. I think I saw it when I was like early teens or something like that. When I think I've only ever. I, I, I think I've only ever seen it once. Yeah. I think you should watch it again, like more. Soon it's, 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 it's held up. Well, you should watch it more. You should watch it weekly. At least get it on the schedule in the routine. Um, so we watched it, and um, it's just it's just terrifying for like I think so. I must have been ten years old, judging by like when it was rentable. Um, it's I shouldn't have been watching it because it's it's really brutal. Like it's really quite uh, gory. Uh, the, the the whole thing in the film is you watch, say Candyman in the mirror <laughs> three times. And then they're always like the way they do it in the film. They're looking in the mirror and they say Candyman, and then the lights come on, come off, come back on, and then he's just standing behind them and he sticks his hook in the back or something, and it's just terrifying. Why is it? Why is he called Candyman? Um, I, <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't know why uh, that's stuck to my head. It's something to do with the fact that they put honey all over him or something, so the bees um, killed him, like the bees or stung him to death. Delicious. Like, I can't remember. It's actually based on. Um, uh, like a Liverpool thing of some guy who everyone ganged up on and killed, even though he didn't do the crime. Yeah, because Cl- Clive, Bar- Clive Barker's involved, wasn't he? When he's like a producer on it or something. He wrote he wrote a short story that it was based on. Oh right, okay, so it was based yeah. on, based on a short story. All oh, right, great. I yeah, never yeah. I never knew that. It's, it's from his books of blood. It, I think it's volume four or volume five. But um, yeah, oh. uh, yeah, it's such, a, it's such a scary film. And um, so that night I couldn't sleep. This is the first horror movie when I realized it can kind of like affect you more than just from seeing the film. Like it, once you've got it in your in your head that there's a thing out there that can just appear. <laughs> like when you're you're, I was in bed, yeah. I couldn't couldn't sleep. Like I was so terrified. And like the so how so how how old were you at this point? Ten years old. Like I couldn't. Ten. Yeah. Okay. The thing at the bottom of my bed, I was convinced was him, Candyman. And I <laughs> the thing at the bottom of your bed, the man stood there. The, you were the, weird, the weird black man with a hook hand at the bottom of my bed. I was sure it was him. Couldn't tell you exactly before, who it was before him. Before you watched Candyman, you were fine with that guy. You were like, you and that guy were like that. But as soon as the, uh, just in the house, came with the house. <laughs> um, then I also I couldn't I couldn't brush my teeth like without looking like an idiot for for years afterwards because I couldn't because so a big trick in the film is they're looking in the bathroom mirror and then they turn around, look back, and he's standing behind him. So I couldn't brush my teeth and bend down to rinse my mouth without taking my eyes off the mirror. Because in my mind, like I thought if I looked away from the mirror and looked back to the mirror, he'll be there. Like obviously yeah. he's, he'll be there. So I just couldn't. So if you try and when you brush your teeth tonight, try brushing your teeth without taking your eyes off the mirror. 
it's it's difficult. <laughs> I don't know if I could. Well, it's one of those things. Like it feels like an irrational fear, but because it's like so easy to like summon him. Yeah. You've just got to say his name. Like it almost feels like you're tempted. You're tempted. You want to know. You're curious. Well, you I, think we did, I think I, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure we did say his name as like me and some friends. How many times did you have to say it? Was it five? Three times, I think. Five times, Three. maybe. Maybe three or know. five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I did it before as well. When I was when I was a little bit older and I was confident and cocky and I was just <laughs> twenty years old. Years. Fuck <laughs> you, candy years man. Candy man, candy man, candy man. Doing it left, right, and center into loads of mirrors, walking fast. <laughs> Fuck you, still alive. Yeah. Living a dream, candy man, and he's. You froze it for a second there. You back? Hello? I'm back, yeah, yeah. I lost okay, you. Cool. Lost you as well. You yeah. got it? Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. Uh, okay, so, yeah, that was my first horror memory. What about you? Uh, you my fir- my you first horror memory is um, a, it was a film as well. And I don't know, I'm not sure exactly how old I was, but I'm pretty sure it's super, super young. So there's a film called The Unnameable which was released in 1988. It's based on the H.P. Lovecraft short story, The Unnameable. Um, yeah. And there's like, it's sort of like a haunted house um, group of kids, standard monster movie thing. Um, and The Unnameable is sort of like a female demon type thing with like sharp teeth, wings, horns. So, so very much like a sort of demon type uh, thing. And this film... I really, really stuck with me for years and years, but I did go back to it and watch it again, probably like in my mid twenties, and it's awful. It is one of oh, the worst okay. films yeah. you could ever, oh, yeah. ever see. I've like, never heard of it. Never heard the monst- of it. The monster looks pretty good, and the monster looks pretty terrifying. Um, like the monster, it, it, it looks like a kind of something you see in like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I mean, it's pretty scary. Um, but the film, the acting, the plot, everything is just absolutely awful. Um, Wow, is it kind of yeah, like, but... a, like a devil? Yeah, I'm just having a quick Google. Yeah, so she's she's like a sort of demon Ooh. type thing. I can't remember exactly the the, the, the uh, details of the plot. But she gets summoned in like modern modern day and just starts picking off these these people one by one. Now, the reason I saw this was because there's a reason I saw a lot of horror films. My mum used to like record horror films on VHS yeah. and then watch them back like on a Sunday daytime. When she was having a bit of downtime, when I, when I was like when I was like off in my room doing stuff, or do you know what I mean? She's having yeah. a bit of sun, and I think she recorded it the Saturday night. Um, sorry, the Saturday she recorded it like a few days before she was going out on a Saturday night, uh, okay. and I was yeah. left. I was left, I watched it while she was kind of like doing stuff and getting ready, and I think I kept coming in the room. How old were you? It. She How was old like were going, you at the time? I reckon possibly seven. I mean that's, that's way young. that's what that's young, yeah. That's way too young, isn't it? And I think she was sort of very wary of me sort of watching it, going, Get out, stop watching. Yeah. Um but she you went out it. on the nut. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was I was I was just watching stuff and I remember yeah. even now, like I know I know I said I watched it in my mid mid twenties, but even now there are moments in it which I remember and really must have really, really terrified me. Like the look of this mm. sort of creature. She there was moments when the creature like screamed into the air and she'd like kill people and like sort of put her hand through their chest. Um, and, and there's a and there's a few there's a few scenes I remember. Um, one one bit where she like comes into a comes into like a room where where all these kids are like it's like it's like first person going through the room. But yeah, terrified me. I couldn't sleep. Uh, and my mum was away. And I remember coming down the stairs and going, "Dad, I'm scared." <laughs> and he and he was playing like some snooker game on like the Sega Mega Drive. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there watching him play it. 
and just being just literally I could I don't think I could sleep for like properly for weeks. Do you, do you think do you miss being that scared of like horror movies? I remember like having to brace myself a little bit. Like, yeah. Now I'm like De- kind of we're now hardened hardened horror movie watchers. But... <laughs> Definitely, because as I said, when I went when I went back and watched it, and I was so disappointed. Like part of me was like I wanted to be scared by it again. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wanted to be scared by it. There was thrill. There was a sequel as well. Um which was just called The Unnameable 2, uh, The Statement of Randolph Carter. Um, and I watched that as well. And that was also awful. Like, <laughs> like they're really, really, really awful, like, B-movie. I mean, t- considering it was an H.P. Lovecraft thing, it was, it was embarrassing. But yeah. That's, that's, that's the, interesting I, that you had such a young um, experience with H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah, that is quite strange, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah. I used to watch a lot of films like that with my mum. Like, she'd let me watch certain films with her, like on a Sunday afternoon. That yeah. she wanted to watch that she'd like recorded a few nights before but like she'd try and stop me seeing scary bits so like i watched the film with her but then no no something horrible's about to happen and she like covered my eyes yeah but then i just said to her i said to her recently i said that didn't work i saw so much horrible stuff in yeah. horror films growing yeah. up i've never seen like alien and aliens really young yeah actually i do remember seeing alien quite but i never really associated alien with being I think I associated it more with being like a, a sci-fi. I think maybe I saw Aliens first. So yeah, it was yeah. almost oh, like... I think I did as well, yeah. More like an action thing to me. Than mm. a, although, i tell you what. So this is an early horror movie that I didn't put down in my list. Uh, we used to have the Alien game for the... Yeah, Alien Trilogy. Was it for the Mega Drive or was it for the Commodore 64? PS1. PS1? No, I had, it was before that. It was like a, a little platformer game. Okay, Alien, Alien 3 possibly? Hmm... Maybe. That was but, a little bit. So we used to play with uh, friends, and like we used to, we would do. I'm not a good horror gamer. I've, I've told you this before. <laughs> uh, I'm so scared, and maybe this is where it all stems from. So I, um, we were friends. We used to play in the bedroom, and then we used to get infected, and then it gives you like a countdown of like ten. So this is like how you die well, until the chest burst comes. Yeah, yeah, and then like we hide behind the bed. <laughs> and, and then we wait for it to count down for the chest to burst out and then we'd all scream and like ah, and then run away and then we play it and then we turn it back on we just do the same thing over and over again <laughs> but uh I, I i played so alien trilogy i had on um on ps1 and that was pretty scary because you had like sort of the motion the motion tracker thing and the motion tracker noise and that was i mean it was really effective that game i mean that was as good an alien game. that's probably the best alien game before alien isolation yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so that, so that unnameable memory was my first, first nightmare because it gave me nightmares and I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. think of anything else. And I used to play. I used to like play Sonic the Hedgehog like really, as late as I could to try and like cleanse myself of the horrible. Yeah. I like play Sonic the Hedgehog, thinking, yep, yeah, just play this game and don't think about anything else other than Sonic the Hedgehog in your head. Just think about that and I'd yeah. constantly think about the Mentally unnameable. Training yourself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's weird yeah. how like. Um... Like they can cause you not to go to sleep. I always, I always kind of think it's weird when like they can have like a physical, uh, like get, get a physical reaction out of you. It's so strange. But so yeah. I'll, I'll read out a couple from our horror hangout uh, board of advisors. Uh, Tommy Draper says, "I guess the first ever movie." So one of his horror memories. Uh, I guess the first ever movie where I was aware of proper scares was Jaws. Ben Gardner's head popping out of the boat is still a classic scare. Yeah, time to perfection. Yeah, that 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 is horrible. I mean, that's yeah. that is a perfect perfect scare. I think. Yeah, 
Uh, and then Kev here says, American Werewolf in London, Nazi Werewolf scene. And he's put the gift there. I can't, <laughs> yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen that in so long. Like 10 yeah, years yeah. or something. It's come, I think it's coming up on the list, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got that in maybe maybe the next couple of films. It's coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to that. We got got one from Johan as well. So he's talking about Halloween. Uh, obviously the original Halloween, I guess. So Laurie running to the houses. Uh, the neighbors ignoring her. And then Laurie banging the door. As Michael just casually walks towards her, inching closer and closer. Um, and he says it just gives him anxiety and irrational phobia of anyone holding a sharp object. You know, I mean, I yeah. feel like that. If someone's yeah. got a knife, I automatically feel like they're going to definitely stick it in my throat. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Halloween's coming up as well. We've got these ones coming up. I feel like there's a like, like actual horror movie stuff when I'm talking about dying on Alien on the Commodore 6, Amiga 6, what it was called. The Amiga. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I think that's but, uh, the thing. We're trying to branch out. So not just not just horror horror movie memories, but just horror memories yeah. in general. Like the stuff the stuff that sort of crafted our you know Yeah. Our tastes. Our formative years, yeah. So uh my next one I guess I've called it Turn It Off Dad. No way, don't <laughs> So <laughs> Wait, this is the... Don't what don't turn it off or don't, don't... turn it off. Yeah, 'cause I'm kind of like it's so scary. I can't watch it, but I kinda of wanna watch it. Um, so it was on, it was the film my dad was watching was Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. Have you seen this film? Mm, not sure. I remember it being actually quite good. I've not seen it ever. I've not seen it since this night. Um, but so it tells from the crypts. It was there. For, they started doing feature films and I think this was the first one they did. Um, it was on late night TV It was on one of the weird extra channels. And this was before, weird, weird extra channel. This was before you had like more than fifty channels. So this is like yeah. when you had like I think it might have been Sci-Fi Channel. And it wasn't spelled S Y F Y back then. Yeah. It was spelled S C I F I. But um, so it's it, it. The film is like uh some sort of weird ancient demon thing played by Billy Zane and he's after these people and there's like demon blood and there's all these like zombie creatures. It's like it's full on insane. But I remember like watching it. And kind of being along, being with it for quite a while, watching it with my dad. And I always sat behind the sofa, like down the side of it. And then at some point, it just gets, it just gets absolutely terrifying. There's another bit where uh, Billy Zane punches a guy through the face, um, similar to the unnameable, um, I guess. But um, so Billy, he, was Billy Zane just like he just looked like Billy Zane? He didn't look, look horrible. Just like Billy way. Zane, but like he uh, he played like a sort of uh, charming Faustian sort of demon guy. Do you know what I mean? Like he... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was, he, he was very violent and very um, strong and all this kind of stuff. But then he had like... He kind of had these weird little demon zombie creatures that were always around him that would appear out of nowhere. And they were like... People would kind of turn into them if they were like influenced by, by the evil. Um, but Ooh. yeah, it, it's super gory. Like super... I think I was 10 again for this. And at some point, like, me and my dad were, like, watching it. And my dad's not, like, a big horror movie person at all. But at some point, I just had to lie down and pretend I'd fallen to sleep. Because it, I, remember, I remember thinking, I just can't, I can't take it. Like, and my, I think my dad carried on watching it. And um, I think if dad thought, if dad knew I was still awake at some of those, like, final bits... I think my dad would have had to turn it off and say, "No, you're going to have to go to bed. Yeah, yeah. This is too much." But you were there. What were you doing? Led down there, watching it one eye open. Well, yeah. So, I, 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 like, so I lied down and I was like on the on the sofa cushion on the floor, like pretending to be asleep. But then I was like looking under the sofa, like at the TV. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so just I've only seen like half the screen, 
But I remember just like unable to unable to stop watching. But I was totally aware that it was it was just like um, horrific. The point it was similar to Candyman. I knew I wasn't going to be able to sleep that night. Like I just, but I couldn't stop. Is there something <laughs> like that weird little titillation of horror movies that yeah, you can't, titillation. can't stop yourself? Oh, the yeah. car crash effect. Oh, I did. Yeah. I did oh. something similar with um, Event Horizon. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember being watching it with my mum and dad, um, and sort of pretty much just like I remember my mum going, "You have to go to bed now. This is it's getting a bit gory, getting a bit scary." And I was like, "No, no, it's okay. I can stay up. I can stay up." And yeah, as it got more gory and more scary, I did kind of like close my, you know, when you're like closing your eyes, but you could just don't got them open just enough to make yeah. it so you could yeah, just yeah. see what's going on. I think I did that. Yeah. And then after a while, I had to go to bed. Yeah. Like I had to because I was so scared. Event Horizon is like, a really scary film. <laughs> I've not seen yeah, it for a while, it is. but yeah. And I remember going to bed thinking the last thing I want to do right now is go to bed, but I don't want to watch it either. So yeah. I need to go to bed. I tell you what, there's there's one film that I uh, watched a similar age, a similar situation where I should have gone to bed, but then it was The Fly, but it didn't scare me. I think maybe it has too much in line with a superhero film, you know, like a superhero origin story. Yeah, like, yeah, I could it, see that. it just seemed to me to be kind of cool and interesting and weird. Never felt like that because that's scary. Because what what gory bad stuff happens in the fly? Oh, there's loads of gory. There's bits of him fall off. Like a, there's a, in the horror hangout board of advisors, we've got a gif of uh, his ear popping off. There was a bit where he's like sick onto somebody's leg. Yeah, and it's like uh, it's like acid and like it's just but to me that kind of, kind of but that to me that kind of felt a little bit more like. This is this is weird but interesting. Uh, it's, like, it's disgusting. It's like body horror. It's loads of horrible body horror stuff. Like he's got yeah. his knob in a jar for God's sake, and <laughs> he just couldn't let go of it. Maybe that was about... cut. Maybe because this was on uh, Channel Three or something. So maybe maybe it was oh, one right. of his really edited down versions. One of the bits that really got me in the fly was when he when he tests it with the baboon. Test the uh, the uh, what's it called the yeah, machine the teleporter yeah teleporter yeah he tests it with a baboon and the baboon ends up like inside out because it doesn't work. Oh, that's... Oh, God. Yeah. oh that's see, 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 I don't really remember that either. So maybe... I remember it more from The Fly 2. I think I've seen The Fly 2 way, way more nowadays. Yeah, see, I don't where, know if I've seen that. Where they've got the dog. Mm. And uh, and then they get the... Have you not seen Fly 2? Is, is it so, with a baby? Uh, <clears throat> I don't think I've seen The Fly 2. No. Yeah, you should watch it. It's... Uh, it's quite good, I think. I think so. We'll watch, it's been a long we'll watch, time. We'll watch the, we might watch. Well, maybe we watch the fly for an episode, and then we watch the fly too another time. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're saying, man. Okay. So this is a hiding behind the sofa memory. Yeah. Um, and this is just pretty much the first few series of the X Files, and I didn't used to watch it every single week. It was kind of like a treat. Um, so I'm not sure how old I was. So some of these episodes that I've kind of picked out are from like '93, '94, but right. again, that means I was seven and eight. And I reckon I was a little bit older than that, so it's maybe Tombs not. the guy. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, go on. I've got, I've got. Yeah, so my here, my memory so. is, I think it was on at nine o'clock on BBC right. Two, and it was like a treat. I think it might be on a Friday night. Yeah. And I knew that X Files was coming up, and it was always like, if I'd had a, if I'd been a good boy, I knew. Yeah. Oh, Bob, can I step and watch X Files? Yes. It didn't happen every week, so I missed a few episodes. Yeah. Um, the the theme tune, the theme music, and the opening credits. When you see like there's a few weird things you see like a UFO in the sky you see like a sort of weird misty sort of figure walking down a hallway and then there's a, a horrible hand. bit where it's and a, a guy hand, like yeah. horrible face. Like, <laughs> have you seen like the you, you seen the opening credits anytime recently? Yeah. It, you are right. It was it was so weird and like 
scary yeah. and creepy back then, but now it's like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was creepy. And there are a few episodes. Um, obviously, I've put down in the Fluke Man, who was a which, weird which sort of like... Which one's that? The Fluke Man? It was a weird dude with like a sort of circular mouth, looked a little, a little bit like an anus. He lived he lived in like the sewer. <laughs> ah, <laughs> maybe, yeah. There was, I, I mean, almost every episode I remember, there was like a Circus Freaks episode where there was like a murderer going around killing certain people and the circus freak thing was like um a guy's conjoined twin who like came yeah. off of his body and went yeah. around killing people that was horrible wow. and then obviously adrian <laughs> tombs the guy who could like squeeze into the smallest possible yeah. spot under I, doors I, I, I remember like they used to have the same shot and he'd have his shirt sleeves there and he would go <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it, that'd be all I'd need to do to show that you could stretch. <laughs> and he had like really horrible, like yellow eyes. And I think yeah. on the first episode he was yeah. in, it was terrifying. On the second episode he was in, you find out that he made a nest and would like sort of regurgitate stuff and put horrible newspapers on the wall. I yeah. mean, it was just it was all this stuff which just like made absolutely no sense to me, but I was absolutely terrified. There's another episode with sort of like a predator type creature in it, some sort of alien in the woods, which like had some sort of camouflage. And was killing people. I can't remember exactly what that episode was called, but I'm, yeah. I'm currently on season seven of watching it through from the start, and um, all of the yeah. like Monster of the Week stuff is great. You know, I mean, all the comedy in it is great as well. But the Monster it's of the Week stuff is good. The the sort of overarching mythology of like the the sort of Mulder's sister being missing and an alien of those stuff, It yeah. does some now and again. It will be good, but I think a lot of the time it is quite boring. So when you get the Monster of the Week stuff, which they did with the new series a lot, Monster of the yeah. Week, yeah. Um, that was good. So, but yeah, my memory of that is hiding behind the sofa. Just remember my mum just going, oh, there's a horrible bit coming up, which is what she always <laughs> used to say. And I'd just hide behind the sofa and just be like looking up. And I remember seeing like yeah. bits with the Flute Man and Adrian Toomes. Um, well, yeah, yeah, well, I'd never watched it growing up. I, was too, I couldn't hack the opening credits. Like, yeah, oh. it's too much for me. Uh, and I also, I don't think I just don't think we had it on. I'm, I'm guessing we used to put whatever else, whatever the equivalent of X Factor was back then. Probably Generation Game. Or something. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh yeah, but, but it was on. Like, it was on at nine o'clock, so it was after all the light entertainment stuff. I would have been in bed. It was like when TV yeah. got serious. Yeah. <laughs> when TV um, got proper serious, there was that, and there was something on ITV called Strange but True. Have you ever watched that? Yeah, we used to watch that. Also, nine nine nine. That? <laughs> that was our yeah. horror movie, horror movie of the week. Like people getting <laughs> stuck in bonfires and falling down hills and stuff. Fucking falling down hills. <laughs> and it like reenact him. And uh, yeah, well, no, strange but yeah. true though. I mean, that was great. That was like all these weird sort of urban myths and urban legends and stuff. Stuff that was like strange, but true. Have you ever seen uh, Catwatch's uh, fact or? Fact or fiction? And it's, <laughs> no. it, I guess it was like the American equivalent. So it's the guy who he felt like second lieutenant um, in Star Trek. He, you'd recognize him. He's got a beard, um, and he'd be like walking into like this room, and then he'd have like an optical illusion, and he'd go, um, and he'd make some like like stupid joke about it, and he'd go fact or fiction, and then <laughs> and then they'd uh, and then they'd play three like short films, um, which were really sort of poorly reenacted these like things and then it would say so it'd be like one like one guy had a psychic episode and, and another guy um got lost and sort was helped by a ghost to get home or you know those kind of weird things and then it, and then you have to say which one you think is fact and which one you think is fiction and they're all bullshit <laughs> like, every <laughs> yeah, yeah, single yeah. one's bullshit turns out the one about the ghost helping him home on his back was was um, yeah but that's what he did and they go that was facts 
<laughs> and then he just end the episode <laughs> and be like, no, it wasn't. It really, really wasn't. But all those things are on YouTube now. And uh, oh well, Cat, Cat really, li- really likes them. I um, it's creepy I just, though. I think that's it. The, the reason yeah. that, that stuff was so creepy was because you genuinely thought, shit, it, did that really happen? The man, and the, the man on the TV says it's true, so it must be. He said it was true. Yeah. <laughs> Derek Akora, <laughs> absolutely loving it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. X Files is great. I, I actually didn't watch it growing up, but I have been. We have been watching it recently. Uh, trying to catch up on on it all. I think we're on season four or something. The last yeah. one we saw was Phoebe's brother from Friends. Yeah. Sort of le- electric powers. That was the last yeah. one we watched. I mean, a lot of it. I mean, there are so many episodes which are basically X Men origin stories. Yeah. It's yeah. like psychic people, guys of electricity powers, fire powers. Yeah. Like there's just so so many like that. And to be honest, they're not so great. But the when, sometimes you'll get like a real, a really like unique episode. Yeah. And a really like unique creature or a really unique sort of weird thing, and and it's amazing. But it does sort of sound, these episodes. The reason these series are like twenty four episodes long. Yeah. So I reckon about I don't want to say half, but maybe about eight <laughs> episodes in those twenty four are absolute gold. Yeah. The rest can kind of you can take them or leave them, but that gold is worth it because some of them are just like some of the some of the especially there's a lot of stuff directed by uh, Vince Gilligan from uh, the yeah. one who got, did Breaking Bad. His episodes, the one he, the ones he wrote and directed, um, including there's one of a guy who can like make black holes. Wow! Yeah. 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 That sounds good. Cool. That's good. And there's loads of there's loads of cool episodes written and directed by him. Um, and it's it's almost a game of spot the spot the Hollywood actor as well because there's so many yeah. big names. Yeah, yeah. Here, Like just just tiny little minimal parts. Like I said, Jack Black was in that one. He, he got he got killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Black yeah. was in that. One. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. There's loads of stuff like Brian Cranston's in one. Yeah. Um. That's just yeah. Cool. So uh, so quick look at the lists from the Facebook group again. Um. Andy had a big one about various video games. Um. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll come back to that when we discuss okay. when we discuss some games ourselves. Have we got anything else from a little bit yeah. further down? Johan talking about audition. Yeah, the torture sequence. While I love this movie, that scene is just gruesome. I saw it when I was 15, 15, well, via word of mouth, and I was not expecting it. It made me very uncomfortable for a while. I can now look at it years later and admire the instant effect it had on me. We watched that, and uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty good. It's pretty gruesome. Um, yeah. That that final talk scene will stay with me, I think, for a long time. Yeah, maybe it doesn't have no, much of an effect on us because we saw it when we were older. Old yeah. and decrepit and our, you know... It doesn't affect us the same way because we're hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he also said, first ever jump scare, you will laugh, but the end credits of Count Ducula. How did the end credits of Count Ducula go? <laughs> I don't remember. I remember getting scared yeah. of... Um, what's that? Program, what's Move to Trapdoor? What's on yeah. the trapdoor? <laughs> don't go down. Hello, Bert. Hello. Yeah, like, that, was yeah. A bit, that was a bit creepy, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So so Johan said he was about four and loads of stuff popped out at the end of like a fun episode and you hide behind the sofa. Or leave the room before the credits roll. So obviously it was just it was something that's going on. Yeah. Kev Ferris has gone for a jump scare, going with American Werewolf in London again. Yeah. Um so it's a it's a moment. I think it's a is this a actual moment or is this a dream sequence? I think it's a dream. Yeah. I actually do remember but this bit, yeah. There's a right, nurse going over to the to the, to the main character yeah. and he sort of his eyes are it's proper like um Michael Jackson in thriller moment where he's yeah. got horrible teeth and yellow eyes. It's a horror. 
It's a horror. <laughs> it's a horror. <laughs> it sure is. Um, what's, your ne- what's your next horror memory? Luke uh, Condor okay. with a K. Uh, oh, yeah. So first horror on the big screen. Um, it's 2006. I just turned 18. Me, I went with Skip, I think. Uh, oh. I Skip. Uh, Skip and our girlfriends at the time. We went to watch the Hills Have Eyes remake. Um, yes, I don't think I don't think like watching horror stuff on TV quite prepares you for like how the added sound, like the really big screen, the added sound really does like all the jump scares. They yeah. they make you squeal. Like even like as an eighteen year old. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Old guy, I've got long hair. I've got a little bit of stubble coming in now. A bit oh. of a ratty, ratty mustache. Um... And yeah, we so have you seen the Hills of Eyes re- remake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, probably like only, it? only, only around the time. Yeah, I remember it being pretty good, co- pretty good, pretty gruesome. It's like the proper hillbilly horrible. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so it's like they're like traveling across America somewhere, and the cars break down, um, and then they get like marauded by these mutant nuclear. They live like a, they live yeah. like a nuclear test town sort of thing, and they get marauded. Um, they kill one of their dogs. They basically kill everyone apart from one guy, the nerdy guy, one of their dogs. And then he has to go into the town to get his baby back from them. And it's a proper like revenge story. But I remember like it being so like incredibly brutal and scary. And I remember I was just glad that we were with girls who were screaming loud enough to sort of drown out <laughs> our, our screams. <laughs> Was that you, Luke? No, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> Thing is, I, I I've always had like a, a low scream. That's why I sound like an absolute <laughs> idiot. You know when you're on like a roller coaster, you'll hear me go ah, and it's like I'll be, I'll be genuinely like sk- screaming, but it just sounds like I'm like not like I'm taking a piss or like monotone scream. Ah, <laughs> ow, bloody hell, terrifying. <laughs> and when you're when you're happy, it's the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I I think it just kind of made me think, made me realize how. Effective going to the cinema is, especially to see horror films. 
it, it yeah. adds a lot going into the cinema. I think my first horror on well, the first horror I remember on the big screen was the Dawn of the Dead remake. See, that it, came out like the year before, and I tried to get yeah. in and wasn't allowed. That must have been the year before. I don't know how I got in. I don't know if I was eighteen, but but we went to see it more than once. Um, we went to see it once, and we were like, because I mean, it's, it is a horror. It's, it's so visceral that film. I mean, everything is dialed up to eleven in terms of yeah. extreme running zombies gore sort of just like everything i mean it is proper proper terrifying that Remember first we, scene like, with that little girl like yeah i still think about that it's a really, really scary film <clears throat> we used to like me and a few of my friends used to walk to the cinema it wasn't too far probably like half an hour walk um and then we used to walk home and then bearing in mind it was quite late i think i was walking home with a friend of mine and there was that moment where i go see you later then mate see you later because yeah. i lived the furthest away and i remember walking on my own i had to go through an underpass yeah and i was like just a bloody underpass isn't it mate and as I was walking through, I saw like the shadow of someone coming towards me. They weren't running or anything. Did you? Run? I turned around and walked wherever it walked up, and just went a different way. <laughs> I was proper terrified. Like that walk yeah. home. I remember that walk home was fine for a while, but then I just started running. <laughs> Shit. I remember, yeah, because I remember I tried to get in that like the year before, and I was seventeen, and they asked for ID, and I remember being really disappointed. But it is probably for the best. <laughs> I probably oh, shouldn't have seen that. Was, like, I remember me and my friends going out. Was, that was amazing. That was amazing. But everyone deep down was going, we are terrified. <laughs> there is no way yeah. we're going to be able to sleep tonight. But yeah, that, that's, that thing, that film still still affects me now. Like, if I watch it now, I'm still like, oh, there's so I, many I moments. I haven't seen it in a while. And I'd, like to, I'd like to watch it again. I mean, it's great. Soon. Obviously, as, yeah. it, as it's an early Zack Snyder film, it's, a, it's great to go back and watch and sort of see... See the way his filmmaking style is adapted to just just slow mo now. <laughs> one, of, one of Stephen joking, King's uh, one of Stephen King's favorite horror movies as well. Really? Oh, yeah. the remake. Oh, wow. Yeah, the remake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a few on there. There's he had like ten. He, he made a list recently. I think there's a couple of more recent ones. Um, Autopsy of Jane Doe, which I thought was a bit odd to have on there. Um, yeah. yeah, but there's some good ones as well. There's like the Changelings. I think maybe The Innocence is on there or, or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so your your turn. Yeah, my next horror moment is my first jump scare, or at least the first jump scare I officially remember. So it's from Resident Evil, the game, the PS One game from 1996, um, which I bought in the Virgin Megastore. So it was rated 15. So I took my tallest friend with me. Yeah, and uh, and I got him to and I got him to buy it, uh, and we went back to my house and we played it and. I can't remember. I think I'd read about it like in a, in a, a few magazines that it was just like, do you know what I mean? It was the first, there there have been a few survival horror games out like yeah. Alone in the Dark, um, but nothing sort of like on this console really, nothing to this scale anyway. Rezo was like Rezo. Maybe <laughs> saying it now like <laughs> we used to call it. Uh, Resident Evil was like the first game I remember being told. About. My cousin had it, and he used to he used to scare terrify me. I'd never even seen it. Didn't know, I never played it, but just by him talking about it, I used to go, "Oh God!" Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in terms of like, in terms, the, the, everything about this game, atmosphere, music, like the music. I listen, I still listen to the soundtrack now, and it's still like, it's still so, 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 so effective. And the yeah. fact that you've got these fixed camera angles and the sound effects and just everything is just kind of horrible. I mean, it was, the voice acting is like laughable, but it kind of like adds to that B movie aesthetic yeah. of everything that. You'd, it, I mean, it is it is utterly ridiculous. Like, but at the same time, it's horrible. And the first, the, the jump scare for me is there is a moment I would always play as Jill Valentine. So you could choose between Jill Valentine, and Chris Redfield, 
I'd always play as Jill Valentine. Why, why, why would you go with Jill Valentine? Because she starts off with a gun, whereas Chris starts off with a knife, and you get the gun a little bit later. Yeah, okay, I had, okay, no, t- I had yeah. no time for that. I had absolutely no time for that. Give right. me a gun immediately. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a moment where you walk into a sort of corridor, and it looks quite nice. There's floral wallpaper, and as you start walking forward, smash the window, the window yeah. smashes in, and a Cerberus dog jumps in, and not just one, two. And, I mean, that was – I mean, I remember that moment just – Complete like leaping out of my chair and just be like, yeah, and then so you're it, caught, sort of like trying to aim the gun at this dog that's like jumping around you. Yeah, the aiming system was really difficult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I only remember that point because I, I got the GameCube remake. Because I, I tried yeah. to play Rezo as you used to call it on, on the PlayStation numerous times and I just couldn't hack it. I just, just such yeah. a wimp with like horror games. I used um, to always have to play it like with somebody in the room with me, pretty much. Yeah. I think that I got Dino Crisis. I managed to get fairly yeah. well far, far through that, and that oh, was uh, that was like a horror. That's a weird, great game. Weird, yeah, weirdly, like is that is that Capcom? Capcom as well, yeah. So yeah. it's pretty much just like it's Resident Evil with dinosaurs, but yeah. it is it is Ace. It, the new stuff it does. Also, another moment in in the original Resident Evil, there's a moment where you're reading like a diary of someone who was turning into a into a. Uh, so I mean, it's great because in Resident Evil, there's oh, all yeah. these di- all these notes and diaries around that kind of like flesh out the story for you. Um, so you realise that there was like some laboratory assistant who's turned into a zombie and he's writing this diary. And there's even a bit at the end of the yeah. diary where he says, itchy, tasty, where he's like, he's obviously almost turned completely into a zombie and he's talking about human flesh. You finish reading it and the zombie pops out of a of a, of a cupboard <laughs> behind you. Doors fly open and he comes out. I mean, that was, that was agony. Yeah, I, I, I need to uh, uh, play again. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the horror games in, in a second again, but um, I do just want to, Quickly, did, did Andy have something to say about Rezo, Resident Evil One? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he had a couple of bits to say about the original Resident Evil because, yeah. So, in terms of survival horror games, I think um, Andy's. Where, where are we looking? Resident Evil has to be up top. I was in early high school when the original came out, and I remember the panic when that dog jumped through the window. <laughs> there you go. Or the yes, fixed right. camera had you walk right into the arms of. Yeah, it was the way the camera and all the say like also the going up the stairs and opening doors. I remember yeah. that just being just too scary. Like it was too... like it was, it was obviously a loading screen, but it was just like a really unique way of yeah. like ramping up the tension. Like suddenly there's a door, and suddenly as soon as the game comes on, a zombie could be right in front of you. There yeah. could be any sort of creature right in front of you. So what what is it about like because what is it about games that because I can handle horror movies fine and horror yeah. books fine. So, like there's something about a game where I feel like in a horror movie I've been able to rash uh, like rationalize and say look it's not me, it's fiction. <laughs> It, yeah. it's not real but then what is it about game that like makes it with so a, with a horror film you kind of feel like you're along for the ride and anything that kind of jumps out of you like that's the director's he wanted that to happen he wanted things to go a certain way with a game it feels like you're crafting your own story out of it yeah. i mean i know obviously again there's a lot of a lot of moments that have been tailored to scare you but at the same time it feels like you're experiencing it properly so everything you do you kind of feel like you're responsible for it so the yeah. fact that you've gone this way and the fact that you've made this choice, you're responsible for it. So it kind of like makes you feel quite isolated in the game, especially when there's yeah. like loads of creatures and stuff and you think, well, I haven't got any bullets. Oh my God, that's my fault. You know what I mean? It does feel like a, it's like the most immersive thing. I mean, there's a lot of survival horror, especially some stuff I've played recently that isn't so great. So it goes to show that it's not easy to do. Yeah. Uh, but Resident Evil kind of just, just took it and just made it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And Andy's also mentioned stuff from Resident Evil 2, um, liquor jumping through a one-way mirror, 
I remember that. That was terrifying. Yeah. Relentless Pursuit of the Nemesis in Resident Evil 3, which was like, there was a, in any game, in any Resident Evil game, early game, the, the way to get out of the horror was simply going into another room. Yeah. It could, yeah. It, could, it could never come through a door. Suddenly in Resident Evil 3, the Nemesis could come through a door and he had a rocket launcher. How did, I mean, uh, that, how, how did that work? So he would just uh, appear if you'd spent too long in a room or something? No, no. He, he would only appear in certain parts of the game. So yeah. only certain particular story bits. Right, so okay. it, be, yeah. it wouldn't be like everywhere and anywhere. He would just appear in certain parts of the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, survival, survival horror was is probably one of my favorite genres of game. Um, so obviously Andy's also mentioned Resident Evil 7, which came out earlier this year, which was... I mean, it was a return to form, as he mentions, just because f- um, four had a little bit of action, five and six were like completely full-blown action. Yeah. Resident Evil Seven's gone back to being quite a sort of de- quite, quite a sort horror, of delicately yeah. poised horror yeah. game. Um, he's also mentioned a few moments from games. So he said the helplessness of running from serial killers in Clock Tower Three as a weaponless child, uh, the visceral imagery of Silent Hill. I mean, that's another one that used to get me. Uh, Silent Hill was just the noise yeah. of that siren, the noise of that siren going off, the thick well, fog. I never played, never played the first few, but I played. It was actually one of the, wasn't the first horror game that I was able to play all the way through, but it was one of them. It was the uh, the fourth one, I think, called the Room. And yes, you're, you're yes, like yes, 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 yes. Locked in a room, you got to work out. It's all first yeah. person, and then it cuts to this other. That was great. And I remember like one one bit like shitting me up at the moment but like the imagery of it was is kind of kind of amazing where you like you hear like a murmuring you walk into a hospital and you hear this weird murmuring and you go into a room and the way the camera angle flicks behind behind you you suddenly see there's like a massive face of this oh. like girl uh, like she's just part of the scenery but her eyes like twitching you know like sort oh. of japanese horror eye twitching thing yeah it's um, just all it's just it is all just like the surreal weird creations yeah, that like yeah. these just these weird creatures with so many limbs and so many different sort of. It was just it was a very strange, yeah. a completely different. A lot of people, I think, when Silent Hill first came out, a lot of people said it was like Resident Evil, but just yeah, just a little bit weirder. But I think it is com- a completely different sort of game. Like it's a uh, thing that was like our first introduction into Japanese horror, Asian horror, like because that yeah. was before Ring, right? I suppose and, it was, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what, and what, Andy's also mentioned just before you release Silent Hill. What did you think of the Silent Hill movie? I really liked the Silent Hill movie. I See, thought it was I probably really the like most. Well. I yeah. mean, it's one. Of, it has pretty much recreated the game in terms of sound effects, um, the way it looks, even soundtrack. It's it's like recreated the game. It's probably one of the only games that's done that. That has really stuck close to the source material yeah. and made a made a film out of it. And I think it works. I know it's got mixed, probably got mixed reception. Well I, well, I recently looked into it because I was like, I remember that film being quite good or like quite enjoying it. And I, I kind of saw that not many people kind of agreed. Like it seemed to get a bit a bit of hate. And I was yeah. like, why did I like that film so much? Because I'm sure it was good. I'm sure it was like... Yeah, I mean, it does, in terms in terms of what the Resident Evil films are, it's, yeah. oh, it's a hundred times better than any one of those films could ever hope to be. Yeah, yeah. Because the Resident cool. Evil films, without going into it too far, are horseshit. <laughs> cool. Horseshit. Um, so what, uh, what else did Andy one, say? Sorry. sorry. Well, one more thing Andy said, <laughs> which I kind of had. I, 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 from what he said, I had to go back and play it only recently. He said he gen- the, the game he generally felt the most panic over is a version of Home Alone on the NES. You basically have to evade Harry and Mara for 10 minutes. So many screams and grisly ends from poor Kevin McAllister. Now... <laughs> 
I I was like, oh my god, I remember feeling exactly the same. But I had Home Alone on the Mega Drive, so I went and played it this week. But just remember, so you've got like a twenty minute countdown. Harry and Marv are going around all these houses, flooding them. You have to go in and cause Harry and Marv as much pain as possible so they leave. And you've got to like put set traps and like build all these guns. But when they run towards you, they grab you and pick you up, and they put you on the hook like in the film. And yeah. you've got to like kick your way off. It is panic inducing. <laughs> as soon as they as soon as they come towards you, you're like trying to shoot them. Oh god, trying to shoot them with a BB gun. So yeah, Andy, I'm completely with you on that. Let's I uh... give that a go. <laughs> yeah, it is it is great fun. But weird seeing like a game with like a 20 minute countdown. Like yeah. I'm obviously a very short experience, but so that that's the game. That's the entire game. The 20 minute. Yeah, that's the entire game. You have to yeah, stop yeah. them flooding houses because uh, they're the web bandits. It rings a bell. If I have played it, it wasn't very long. It was a long time ago. Um, so what else did Andy say? So it's perspective and camera mechanic forcing close encounters that with the dead in Project Zero. It's not something I again the horror games. I'm not quite okay with say so yeah i'm not that's... i'm not sure i don't think i've played that oh he's talking about alien isolation as well there's the incredible stress built by environment and alien isolation and the fact that the console listened to you making sound in real life means i couldn't face any more one chapter one did. i didn't know that um i've played that though. i've played quite a lot of that but i found you it didn't too, di- <laughs> too difficult okay yeah it was it was it was way too difficult but i mean it was great i mean it was like such a is nostro nostromo the ship and that was such a yeah. such a great recreation of sort of that late 70s aesthetic of like science fiction um but yeah that's a, that is a great game i think it's only like i think i replayed it recently and i think i bought it like on a on the playstation store for only a couple of quid delicious what's your what's your next horror memory mr luke Condor? so what do we got um oh yeah so prose horror making me faint like i wasn't oh. even sure whether to include this but um i just thought like the visceral effect it had on me, I kind of have to. And this was fairly recently, 2013. Uh, someone sent me a story called a short story called Guts by Chuck Palahniuk, who wrote Fight Club and Haunted and a few other books. What's that? Survivor. Um, but um, I never read it. He's writing before, and it was the first like it's only like maybe 2,000 words, and it's it's basically like three little stories uh, about different sort of sexual perversions and i don't, I don't know I, read this, actually. okay so well like so i don't want to spoil i don't want to spoil it too much but i would really like you to read it especially because i know you're like a chuck fan but uh, i remember like yeah. reading so we, i used to work in a, in a like an apple shop and there was like the front of the shop and there was the back of the shop and we had like an imac at the back of the shop so i sat at the back customers and we be being dealt with at the front while i thought i'll just have a quick i think i was supposed to be doing the banking for the store or something and I was like, just have a quick read of this. It's quite short. And I remember reading it. And the way Chuck writes it, it kind of, he talks about this this moment where, <laughs> where something happens and he paints such a vivid picture, but you don't realize what it is. And then you kind of figure it out halfway through. And then and then he, I just remember starting to feel like, this is not good. I, I felt like I had to put my head down against the desk because it, <laughs> I, I was about to faint. And like this is the first time that prose, like literally just words on a page, like nearly made me fall over, like and just fall to the ground and start like blush running to my head, sort of thing. Um, and I need, read... need some needed some Lucozade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some electrolytes. But uh, this story, this short story called Guts, is famous for it. So he apparently he used to do public readings of it, um, and he'd always see at least one or two people in the audience, like their head would just drop from the chair because they just faint. 
because it's the it's like a, almost like a a trick, like the way he's able to sort of reveal yeah. what what's happening. It just kind of triggers something in people, and it just makes them uh, like fe- like makes some people faint. And he said he went to he did a reading in Spain, and when you do a public reading in Spain, you have a translator. It's not just a translator; they put like a weird um, theatrical embellishment on everything, so they're sort of booming it out, everything that and everything they're saying, and sort of like trying to act <laughs> it out a bit. And he's re- he's reading this short story, and he said when he got to like that point, he just saw like people like the heads just dropping like a, like a guess who board. Yeah, he just saw them like yeah. Honestly, like it's it's such a disgusting story. <laughs> like it's amazing, really. Like I think I read it again fairly recently, and it wasn't it wasn't the same. But I think it only sort of get you once. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you haven't read it, dude, I completely recommend it. It's uh... um, no, I've not read that. Um, one one of one of Chuck's books, Snuff. Yeah. Made me feel. I don't know if you read that. Didn't make me feel yeah. like I was gonna faint, but it kind yeah. of made me feel a little bit like queasy like there's no, yeah. it's not like gore it's not like gory or anything but it's just uh just the way it kind of reveals a few things yeah in that book maybe feel a bit queasy same with american psycho actually but the way it's sort I've of heard, like, i've heard that about american psycho and girl next door as well yeah there's a just a couple there's just a couple of bits in it which you kind of read and you have to go wait what and you go back and you're a bit like what it's almost like yeah. the most extreme oh like a really extreme violent gory moment but yeah. just said just just like written so pedestrianly yeah. like this happened and then this thing ha- also happened like there's a bit this isn't a spoiler but there's definitely i remember this <laughs> there's definitely a bit where it's described that um patrick bateman puts cuts off someone's vagina and puts it in the microwave <laughs> right and the way that's sort of described yeah, it's just it just it just seems out of place, and it's like what? Like it is one of those books which yeah. it does sort of go from A to B, extremely. Like sometimes it's like extreme extreme pornographic erotica, and other moments it's just like pure gore fest, and other times it's like just conversations about who's got the nicest suit. It's just oh, it's oh, just one of those. <laughs> I still need to read it. It's it's actually another another book that sort of gave me a visceral again not quite as visceral as as guts that short story i've never read anything like it i, I doubt i'll ever will again but it was the troop by nick cutter it's fairly recent i've read it and a, a guy told me it should come with a sick bucket because it's just it's so grim and so gross it's about like being infected with flatworms these sort of mutant oh. flatworms and a guy is convinced they're inside him and he's sort of like the way he describes it like he keeps cutting himself and he keeps seeing things moving in because he's trying to grab him but he's not infected he just thinks he is and he's like, he ended like killing himself just by cutting himself so deep and trying to get into him to get these worms out that aren't there. The way he describes it, that was um, that was t- I was reading on a bus, just c- couldn't I couldn't read more than a sentence without looking away and think, trying to think of something else. <laughs> like think of like you know when you're trying to keep the, of, sexu- the sexual act as long as long as possible. It's a similar sort of. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. think of flatworms at that particular yeah. time. I'm infected um, with flatworms. What you're infected with? What? No, I'm not. Yeah. But uh, yeah, dude, uh, guts. I completely recommend that. Cool. Right, should we do another moment, horror moment? I'm yeah, just, man. I've just, I've just called this yuck. Right. And I think the theme, the theme I want to, I want to sort of explore with this, with this horror memory thing, is like horror, horror and disgusting moments or moments to stick with you from like fantasy films, particularly okay. like the, yeah. particularly like the nineteen eighties stuff that was like it wasn't necessarily a horror film. Yeah. There are moments in it which utterly terrified you. And my moment was from Ridley Scott's legend, 
um, sort of fantasy epic with like unicorns and goblins and stuff. Uh, with a early Tim Curry as Darkness, who is basically the devil, um, and then you've got Tom Cruise as as the hero Jack, um, and then loads. Scary, of... right? That film, I'm sure. That it was scary. film was yeah. terrifying. I mean, it really stuck with me. And there's a bit where Tom Han- uh, Tom Hanks. Did I say Tom Tom Cruise? <laughs> did I say Hanks the first time as well? <laughs> Hanks, uh, Tom Cruise, um, pre um, dental work because he's got f- some funny little fangs going on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's a moment where he like sort Terrifying. of goes for a goes for a swamp to yeah. try and try and get towards like where darkness's uh, lair is. Yeah. And there's yeah, and yeah. there's like and there's like a witch well, a witch swamp hag called Meg Mucklebones who sort of comes out of the water and she's like green and sort of she a little looks a little bit like the witch from The Witches, Roald Dahl's yeah. Witches. Yeah. Um that film scared me as a kid as well. I forgot about that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Terrifying. Yeah. And she was um, I think the character of Meg Mucklebones is played by a man. But there's something, there's something just absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Like this yeah. is yuck. This is like I can't even look because she's all slimy and green and just like horrible thin strands of black hair. And um, yeah, Tom Cruise has to sort of show her. He shows her her reflection yeah. in in his shield, and she's kind of like looking at it. And then she ends yeah. up. He ends. He ends up taking her head off. But that moment was like because there's a lot of moments in that film which are quite horrible. Like the goblins are pretty disgusting. Even like the little good, even like the good guys, like the little fairies, and there's like a little pixie dude, freaky. Everything's freaky. Even like the even like the little fairy, who's like a little jealous fairy, gets jealous when Tom Cruise's character starts. What, what was the kids film? Was it like a four kids? It, it, I don't think it was four kids. No, it's kind of like a. It wasn't like I don't think it was rated eighteen yeah. or anything. But did, it was. Did you ever watch? Uh, you just make me think of like all those weird fantasy. They were fantasy films, but like. They had horror elements, or like because they're using similar makeup effects to horror films at the time, they yeah. kind of felt horror, horror, horrific. Yeah, well, a lot of that, a lot of like Jim Henson stuff, like Labyrinth and that, like yeah, really, yeah. there are loads of moments in that which really stuck with me. Um, I remember Conan; it was the second one. Yeah, where they put they had to like rip the horn off of the this demon's head thing. Do you remember that? Because yeah. they, they 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 put the horn onto him and it comes to life, and then Conan has to save them. And Arnold Schwarzenegger pulls this horn off. And it just sort of blood like like spurting everywhere. Remember that? Um, what was it's just the, it's just the way some some of these like makeup effects and like the when you see them across different films and you recognise them like all the Jim Henson stuff from like Labyrinth um, and the Dark Crystal. I never watched like, Dark Crystal. All these oh you never did. No, but all these it, like yeah. sort of weird puppety sort of things always really used to terrify me because obviously yeah. they look so they don't look they look so strange. Because they're puppets, and it, it was kind of affected me in a similar way to like the Ray Harryhausen stuff did, yeah. like Jason and the Argonauts and uh, Sinbad and things like that. The way that they were sort of a little bit, they, ne- they didn't move like quite naturally, so yeah. they looked very like otherworldly, and it was just odd. I mean, that's what I got from from Legend here was that there's so much weird shit going on. Yeah, it's like, like the claymation stuff as well. Did you ever watch? Yeah. Um, did you ever watch a film called Gates too? <laughs> I never watched the first one. <laughs> But, uh... <laughs> I never watched the first one. <laughs> Gates was a great film. No, I don't think I did. What? It's a... Is it like is it like Troll Two, where there's not an original troll? There's there's just <laughs> no idea. Kind of. So like, um, I just remember it being like a a claymation troll that he had in a. In fact, I think Stranger Things Two might have taken some inspiration from this because they had like one of the demon troll things as a baby in a cage. Oh right, okay. And uh, it sort of gets bigger. And, yeah. Yeah. 
but it's that whole like that weird sort of claymation stuff. It looks horrific because it's not real. <laughs> like it looks like it shouldn't be there. Yeah, I don't know. It, exactly. It looks it looks so strange that it doesn't look like it's of this world. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's what's scary about the Jim Henson stuff. Because I mean, in Labyrinth, all the little puppets and all the little goblins used to terrify me. Obviously, David Bowie used to terrify me as well. Um, with his dance, crotch. magic dance, <laughs> dance, yeah. magic dance. Those horrible stuff in yeah. Labyrinth. Yeah, it was like disgusting. But yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, I I think I was I think I liked Labyrinth. Um, after what, Never Ending Story, I remember that being kind of scary. Uh, yeah, I'm sure why. when when uh, the horse gets sucked into the mud. Gremlins, that comes to mind. All those sort of films from Gremlins, like, like yeah. young. That's more of like a monster thing. But uh, what, what else? Critters? No, that, that was full on horror movie. That was. Um, yeah. I mean, just, like those films that I used to watch as a kid, Masters of the Universe. I remember that had some scary moments yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah. just it's just the way it's just the way that like these visual effects from like the late from like the eight through the eighties through to the early nineties yeah. that were obviously very much. Um, monster and makeup effects and stuff and stuff that were like actual effects yeah, rather than yeah. rather than CGI or any sort of computer generated yeah. stuff it was that stuff I mean like just completely different but like from dust till dawn the way all of that all of those creature effects were kind of like on screen and a lot of the gooey gunky horrible violence was all done sort of by makeup and there's something about that that just makes it look I mean, I mean the ultimate the ultimate sort of example of this is the thing where yeah, when he took that to like the the nth degree, yeah, that's like the nth degree, and that's you know that's what that's why stuff like that will continue to sort of be terrifying and yeah. won't really age because it's of its time, and you can kind of even though you can see it's like makeup effect, it still looks terrifying. We'll be watching that one. Um, I think it's number three or number two on the list. Yes, we will. But okay, so um, our, both of our last ones I think are quite similar. Um, so for me, yeah. uh, we talked about horror games. I've just been unable to play horror games. I think there's been a few I managed to push myself through, but the one I, the one I actually was like, no, no, Luke, you're 22 years old now or something. <laughs> you have to sort of get over this. Um, and it was Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube. And I think it's because I had the GameCube. I didn't have many sort of adult games for it. And that, that was like one of the only ones that was like, kind of like, a, more had some action moments and guns and stuff. And I was like, no, I've got to play Resident Evil 4. So you played, it's on your list as well. What, what did you call it for yours? So my, my moment is called Holy Shit, No Thanks. <laughs> so, so your moment was a horror game I managed to play. Mine's called Holy Shit, No Thanks um, because of a particular enemy in this game, which I think may be the most terrifying enemy in, in, in video game history. Is it the so, shark? <laughs> <laughs> It was the, it was the shark. What there was, I mean, there were so many enemies in this game. This game was massive, you know. Obviously, yeah. they've taken they've taken the classic Resident Evil. They've changed it to like over the shoulder, um, focus more on action. But yeah. so many of the enemies and so many of the areas, like they really didn't lose the atmosphere yeah. of everything. I mean, it was completely different, but they didn't lose the atmosphere. And it was just that constant threat of like, what the hell's behind me? What the hell's gonna? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, a different yeah. sort of threat to, to to the fixed camera angles. You can kind of pretty much see everything that's there. When you change camera angle, yeah, there might be some new threat. Yeah. But in Resident Evil 4, it was constantly everything's behind you. It's the sound of that chainsaw in the village. Yeah, that's when you, could hear, when you could hear it being revved in the distance. You didn't know yeah, how so far away it they was, were. It was like, so the game starts, and I, you're kind of expecting zombies or something, 
Um, and then you sort of walk and you find this village and you're looking through your fancy telescope at the village. You see they've killed yeah. someone. And it's like this yeah. village is walking around. And then there's quite a lot of them as well. And you walk and as soon as they see you, they all start like sprinting towards you like mad. Like they're going yeah. to kill you. And so then you are right. It's that it's that, that chainsaw like on the wind, and you're like, "What the fuck is that?" And then you, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So obviously, there's no there's no zombies in this game, which is like a, a, a game franchise that's fa- famous for zombies. No zombies. I mean, that was crazy. But they're infected by this thing called Las Plagas, which yeah. is like a horrible sort of thing that infects them, just makes them go nuts. And sometimes, if you take their head off correctly, there's this big horrible plant creature, thing. black yeah, plant. Yeah. yeah. So there's so many different areas in this game now. So many different um, enemies, like giant sort of things, and then there's like loads of these sort of like bosses, which like mutate in loads of different ways. Yeah. Um, but for me, the enemy, which I think maybe you come across twice in the game, um, which is horrible because after you feel like you've done it once, you're like, thank God that moment's over. Yeah. So basically, there's a there's an area of the game where you start finding these frozen bodies, and they're kind of like they're kind of like humanoid, but they're a little bit sort of wobbly and elongated. They're kind of purplish, and they got like spikes coming out of them, big horrible teeth as well. But you find these kind of like frozen bodies. I think you're looking for an item or something. Um, and basically, the music that accompanies these guys when they come to life, so they're called regenerators. But the, mu- the music that accompanies these guys when they come to life, and you can either hear the sound of them, which is this sort of like heavy breathing. Yeah. And and you're sort of, sort of stuck in a really confined area. You're stuck in a confined area, and the trick with this guy is. You can't actually kill him. So you shoot, start shooting and blowing off arms, blowing off legs, and they're regenerating, come back to life. You need a special gun, which has got like a heat-seeking sort of um, attachment on the rifle. Yeah. And they've got sort of like four or five little hearts that you need to take out one by one. But if you haven't got that weapon, um, <laughs> then it's very difficult to... And they sort of like... They can attack you with like dalsim arms, <laughs> like really long arms. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just the fact that you always end up with these enemies in like a really confined space where you like need to open a door of like three keys or something so you can't you kind of got to fight them i only and it's sort of remember these things um i think i maybe have repressed repressed the memory of them like they look they look pretty just google them to sort of try and remind myself i do kind of remember them like impaling you on the spikes that come out of the chests or something yeah but it's just it, that's the thing. It was just the music and the sound of them that when you didn't even see them, you knew you're fucked. They said basically, because um, and if you didn't know how to kill them, like obviously back in two thousand and five, um, yeah, you probably would have tried to find something on the internet or something. But yeah, yeah. But, do you know what I mean? It, games didn't hold your hand as much as they perhaps do now. So it was almost like you didn't get any hints on the screen. You didn't really know. Um, exactly how to kill them. It took, and if you'd missed picking up that weapon, or you'd missed, or you hadn't bought the attachment for your rifle, you were buggered. You, you were buggered. You were screwed. So it was kind of like shooting them all over their body to open. You can hit these hearts. Sometimes you get lucky. But yeah, it happens once. And then there's another time when you're in like a garbage disposal area, and you just land in the garbage disposal, and there's one of them in there with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's like dead. But you know it's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, so yeah. That for me, the fact that. When I first started playing Resident Evil 4, I was like, mm, I don't know if I like this. Is this really? Do you know what I mean? Is this? Yeah. Have they really? Is this a good game? But I, re- I mean, I it re- is. think the reason I was able to play because it, it is scary. Like it starts off scary anyway for me, but then it becomes just kind of a fun action game, and I think yeah. that was why I was able to sort of keep going. Because there's like an abundance of ammo as well, whereas in the other Resident Evil games there wasn't all that much ammo, so you kind of did yeah, fit. Yeah. Like, 
you kind of really did feel up against it. But with this, yeah. it's a different. I mean, it is a different experience, but it is still a Resident Evil experience. There is that nature of survival. It's a lot more fraught and a lot more energetic, but it is. So okay, intense. so so let's say there's like three eras of Rezo Rezo games. That there's the first survival horror, <laughs> one to three. Then there's uh, these more action e orientated ones, and then there's like Resident Evil Seven, the new one, which is the kind of yeah. Slower. So I guess would you say like the new ones a little bit like Outlast, that kind of because uh, I've only I've only seen your not necessarily. Okay. Um, I I think when you first start playing this Resident Evil Seven, it feels like a completely new experience. But after a while, after a few hours, it just feels like a Resident Evil game. Right. It genuinely does. Like it feels yeah. like with the save rooms and uh, it just does. I mean, obviously, it's completely, it's completely different. Yeah. Ink ribbons and it's first person, which yeah. obviously has not really been happened in a main entry franchise, main entry of the franchise. But yeah, um, it just it does feel like a Resident Evil game when as you get deeper and deeper into it. It yeah. kind of it, as sort of things kick off a little bit more, it does feel a little bit Resident Evil Four. Maybe not as action packed yeah. as that, but it does feel a little bit Resident Evil Four. Are they so? What's the bad guys in that? Is it zombies? Is it uh, um, um, just like an the, infected family or something? Well, there's like an, there's like a family of sort of there's like a family of like three or four sort of like hillbilly type characters who who takes trust, a chainsaw well, sort of family. Yeah, sort of a little bit like that, but obviously it's a lot deeper than that. A lot of mutations and stuff. Yeah. And then there's then there's these um creatures which are sort of black. I can't remember exactly what they're called, but they're kind of like made up. In a couple of previous Resident Evil games, they were like made up of leeches. They look a little bit like that. Um, yeah. But I can't remember exactly what they're called. I think they're called the... I can find that in a second. So they're just sort of like the molded, that's it. The molded. So there's all this black gunk which kind of appears like in basements and in sort of darkly lit and dimly lit corridors, and they yeah. kind of come out of it, and they're these weird sort of like bendy. They look a bit like the regenerators, to be honest, but they're a lot more faceless. Yeah. Um. But yeah, difficult, difficult to kill. That's the thing. You might have a lot more. You might have. That's the thing. Resident Evil Seven, less ammo again, so you really have to sort of save it. And then these creatures are difficult to kill, so you need to like get headshots in and stuff. Um. But yeah, they've gone back to their roots, definitely. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I like Cody Gates. I mean, at the minute, I'm trying to play Amnesia. You've just put, for Halloween, you just put um, a video of you playing it on the YouTube channel. Yeah. So people can go check that out. Um, Hell but yeah. this is a scary game, and I'm I'm kind of half determined <laughs> to sort of actually play it and go all the way through. But it's going to take me ages, I think. Should you by how fast you played your those first 20 minutes and how slow it's taken me to do that same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of only played, as I said, I've only only played it fast, just for that video because I thought it'd be quite boring if I was really slow. But most of the time, mm. I think I've got to a point now where I need to speed up because there's things following me constantly, and I constantly. Right, yeah. Feel, so I feel like I need to sort of get on with it, otherwise I'm going to be yeah too scary. Yeah. Because I mean, survival horror games, I've really enjoyed them. They are like my, one of my favorite genres of game to play. But I'm still always really scared. Maybe yeah. I just enjoy. Be, maybe maybe I just like, be, yeah. Yeah, maybe, it's, maybe because like not many films actually scare me. Not saying because I'm bloody hard or anything, you know, because I know I'm hard. But uh, not yeah. many, not many films genuinely scare me. Like it's usually nostalgic remembering being scared or watching an older film that scares me. Yeah. But with games, I genuinely do feel scared. So it's kind of like see, maybe that's what I so um, yeah, maybe I need to. I was talking earlier about how I don't really feel scared by films, horror films anymore. Not really. Like sometimes it'll scare me maybe it's usually more like a tense thing when i'm 
scared for a particular character dying. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want him to die. I like that guy. But it never yeah. really scares me that much anymore. So maybe games are where I can find that that titillation. Yeah. If you're looking for a bit of titillation, yeah. look no further than a little game. <laughs> cool. I think that's it. That's our 10 horror moments from our lives. That's it. Yes. Um, that's it. Yeah. Leave some, you know, comment, get in touch. Let us know what your terrifying horror moment memories yeah. are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It'd be, it'd be nice to nice to know. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Um, okay, so this show is brought to you by the story studio Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to hawkandcleaver.com and grab a free book. Become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Join the Horror Hangout Facebook group. It's called Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. Um, thanks to Kovac Kalman for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, give us a five-star rating review on iTunes. Thanks to my co-host Ben for being a horror dude. Thank you, Luke Condor with a K. Thank you very much. Right. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.